This is F1 Debrief. Go as fast as you can and hope for the best. Coming up on this show, we talk about Alonso's surprising announcement, a McLaren Monaco meltdown and agreeing with Christian Horner. I just did a show a few days ago. I thought that was it for the next six months. I thought this was an annual thing. Yeah, that's what we do. No one signed off on this. What are we talking about? What are we here for? Why are we back again? Well, exciting news this week. Uh, Fernando Alonso and his whole, I'm not going to drive in Monaco, I'm going to drive in Indy instead. What a bombshell. Hello, McLaren Honda fans. I have some big news today. McLaren Honda, along with Andretti, we're going back to Indianapolis. We're racing the Indianapolis 500. Guess who? Here I am. What do you think? Yeah, thanks, uh, Zach. Hello, fans. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, it's a dream come true, you know, Indy 500. Uh, what, a, what a race to uh, enter in, in the USA and, uh, and hopefully win it or try to, to win uh, this, uh, this fantastic uh, possibility for me. And, uh, yeah, together with McLaren, Honda and Andretti, we will, we will try to have some fun and to uh, enjoy racing. So, yeah, let's see. And uh, in Canada, we will be... I hope we show everyone the uh, trophy in Canada. Very strong. Now, do you know how you feel about this? Because I've gone through an entire range of emotions. You keep changing your mind. It's very cute. I cannot decide whether I think this is a good idea or not. Initially, when the news first broke, I was like, oh my goodness, this is exciting. This is unusual. I don't remember this happening in the entire time we've been doing this podcast. Fernando Alonso is a major name. Monaco is a major race in the Formula One calendar and he's not going to be there. That's huge. No, so Alonso wants to do that three thing where they're the F1 champion, the Indy 500 champion and Le Mans champion. But usually people wait until after they've finished an F1 to go about that. But he's doing it now. Um, and McLaren are obviously happy to let him. So he's going to miss the Monaco race. And yeah, I don't think it's going to make too much difference at all, really. Because of the position that McLaren would be in Anyway, the place where they're going to finish, given their relative performance. Yeah, they're not going to do very well. So with or without Alonso, it's probably going to end up the same. It seems reasonable to suggest, um, and not being in any way harsh, but they probably aren't going to finish the race. It, it would be rare, I think, to see two Hondas um, get to any the end of any Grand Prix this year, especially a, a circuit like Monaco, which is not great on cooling and is probably going to destroy the engine, uh, especially if it's a warm day. So... Alonso's not expected to finish that race, so in, in that sense, it's not a loss. But it is a loss in terms of PR, and you know he's he's still a big name. He's a big um, presence in Formula One, and not to have him at, at your um, dual event of the year does seem like Formula One might be missing out. Well, it's interesting that you say PR because this was the idea of Zach Brown, who is new to the team and is all about the commercial side of things and, you know, getting headlines where you can. But he's obviously not quite thinking about putting the running of the F1 team first. He's more thinking about the big picture. That is the big picture of Formula One in America, I guess. But the thing with Zach Brown is his job is to find sponsors for the McLaren team. And thus far, he hasn't hasn't done that. Before. Early days, though. Okay, fine. But he's not, he's not done what he's meant to be doing. Also, so. would you sponsor that team? Uh, well, for, for, it depends what the price is. Obviously, it depends what what they're charging and what they're after. Um, I mean, his job is to, to create good news. Um, and thus far, McLaren's season has been nothing but bad news. So in that sense, it's a great spin um, on what would otherwise be a terrible situation. And it placates Fernando Alonso, who is obviously um, far better than, than that Honda is allowing him to be. So it solves two problems um, in one, which is very clever. 
but I do feel like maybe it's a it's a bit it's a risk. It is a big risk. Yeah, I did read somewhere that Zach had admitted he was using all the tricks he has in negotiating with a happy for a happy Alonso. Not that they're worried about losing him this year, but his future is going to be up for discussion this year. And if they keep him happy, they might be able to keep him on board. But yeah, the IndyCar race, I mean, it is quite dangerous. So there is that aspect of it. But Alonso has missed two races in the last two years. So really, it's not going to make any difference. As in, he's been injured in Formula One already. I mean, he's not Formula One, okay. But Formula One is, I mean, I guess we've lost a driver in Formula One too. It just feels like IndyCar doesn't have the same safety standards that Formula One has and ovals especially are very, very dangerous and I, I'm concerned that we're not going to get Alonso back in one piece. You know, it, it's a really, really dangerous race. I mean, the Indy 500, that is a massive course. Super fast in a car that he's not got very much time to acclimatise to and a style of racing that he will definitely not be used to. Yeah, he said um, with the announcement, he said, I've never raced an IndyCar car before and neither have I ever driven on a super speedway, but right. I'm confident that I'll get to grips with it fast. I've watched a lot of IndyCar action on TV and online. <laughs> so and it's I. clear that great precision is required. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've seen some of it online, so I think I could do it too. Oh my God. Does he, do you, I mean, this, he's a sensible, smart, intelligent person. He must have given this a lot of thought. And I, and I understand that the, this crown thing, this triple... Grand Slam, um, whatever it is, where, where you win the three races, is important to him. And he's obviously keen to to ensure that he's still like in the, the Formula 1 shop window. If, if his contract's out, out at the end of this year, he wants other teams to be thinking of the, the name Fernando Alonso. And this is one way to do it. I mean, this is, you know, it's a great way to do it. If, if what you're looking for is coverage, exposure, and people to be looking at you, then then he's ticked all of those boxes. But isn't it just a tiny bit too risky to do this particular race at this particular time? Well, I also wonder if, um, because he's been at the back or yeah, at the back of the midfield for so long, not just at McLaren, but even before that with his many times at Renault mm, and mm. stuff, um, I wonder if that just builds a frustration so that you need to go out there and do something extreme. And so this is this is what he's gone for. Fernando Alonso is a brilliant driver. That much is, is, is assured. His, his place in the history books, absolutely guaranteed. Um, he hasn't got the, the world championships he deserves, but I think it's acknowledged throughout the paddock and throughout Formula 1 fans that he is a great driver. What Fernando Alonso isn't, particularly well known for or particularly good at is making smart decisions he never seems to be in the best car at the best time he always seems to be in the wrong car at the wrong time and if you're a person who's not known for making the greatest and cleverest of decisions uh if if you're now suggesting that you want to go take part in this incredibly dangerous race shouldn't somebody take him aside and say is that wise well, the trouble is that the, the somebody that should do that is the boss of the team, and it was the boss of the team's idea. Uh, <laughs> Zach actually suggested it to him, and Alonso was like, yeah, I'll do that. Right. Has Zach got Alonso's best interests at heart, I wonder? I mean, well, That's I, I, the question. I get he wants to keep him for, for further years, um, and maybe there's a plan that will ensure that Alonso will be around, and this is a great way to, to gain Alonso's trust and to, to, to curry favour with the guy, but... I mean, this, there is a genuine safety concern um, here. I mean, like I said at the beginning, I was excited by this. Um, throughout the, the the day of the announcement, I sort of my interest waned a bit, and now I've sort of come around to the idea that this is actually probably a pretty terrible idea. 
You're not the only one that thinks it might be dangerous. There was an interview with Daniel Ricciardo who said he would prefer to do NASCAR because IndyCar scares him. Yep. Um, yep. He also said he could understand Alonso's frustrations because it's a long race if you're not fighting at the front. But he did also say, if he's been given that opportunity, I probably would take it as well in his position at his age. Ricciardo said... Cheeky little monkey. In his position at his age. But, yeah, Alonso, he's, he isn't that young. Okay, it is, time is moving on. But, I mean, Montoya's still in IndyCar now, I think. And Montoya hasn't raced in F1 for years. There are, There is plenty of time for Alonso to tackle this at a time after his Formula One career has ended. IndyCar, IndyCars cannot be as demanding to drive or or whatever the reason is that allows um, a, a big guy like a, like Montoya to to continue to race in that series at whatever age he's at. Surely that must be that must mean that Alonso could do it like once once his Formula One career has, has come to an end. Yeah, and there is um, an aspect of this where you have to wonder if it reflects badly on Formula One because we know that Alonso is doing this because the McLaren is terrible. Um, I did think it was funny in the announcement on the McLaren site, they had a picture of all the McLaren people and the Honda people and Alonso. They were all given a thumbs up, but it was only the McLaren three that were smiling. All the Honda people looked like they were begrudgingly giving that a thumbs up because they know what it means. They know how that reflects badly on their car, on their engine. Well, it's their fault, ultimately. Um, if, if Honda had delivered an amazing package this year, this discussion wouldn't be happening because if McLaren were in a points-paying position, they wouldn't dare risk their star driver, the only guy who, who got a chance of bringing them points. Um, they wouldn't dare let it, this happen. Um, it wouldn't have happened in Ron's day either. No. You know, this is very un-McLaren. It's no longer the McLaren team of old, is it? This is an, an, entirely, an entirely new beast. It reflects badly on McLaren, but I wonder if it reflects badly on Formula One as a whole, that one of the top drivers is just choosing to do something else. Mm. I mean, this is a wake-up call um, for, for, for Formula One, I'm sure. Firstly, we have an engine formula at the moment, and that is a problem that needs to be solved. And, and you don't want this much importance being on one specific area of, of any car, be it aero, be it tyres, be it engine, whatever. Um, you you want a more equal formula, and the, the, the sport has to wake up to that and has to work towards solving this problem. You don't want your top stars um, not at the front of the grid, and you don't want your top stars in a whole other continent during the most important race of the year, or at least the most visible race of the year. So I'm sure up and down the paddock, this is this is giving people a lot of food for thought. I mean, not many people are saying that much. I mean, as Horner came out and criticised, um, Christian Horner came out and criticised the move, but I don't think many people have really been too outspoken about it, even though I'm sure internally um, there's, there's a lot of questions being asked. Yeah, Christian Horner was particularly outspoken about it. I mean, I guess he has experience of dealing with uh, difficult drivers, um, but he was not impressed. Um, he said, it's a difficult one for Fernando as he's having a tough time. Zach has this problem. He has a depressed driver on his hands and he's trying to keep him motivated. He has come up with this idea to send him to Indianapolis, but he must be barking mad. It's the nuttiest race I have ever seen. There's no testing. He's just going to jump in the car. Turn one is a proper turn as well. It's not easy flat all the way around. So I think he needs to see a psychiatrist personally. I mean, those are some fighting words. That's... That's amazing. I mean, in some ways, Horn has actually changed my mind because, like I said at the beginning, I was very excited by this and I'm sort of coming around to, to Christian's way of thinking. Um, do we know what Alonso's schedule is? is? Does he have any time for testing? Is it basically jump in that car, go as fast as you can and just hope for the best? So from what I understand, uh, any time now after this race weekend, he's going to 
fly out there, get a um, seat fitting, have a look around the team, get to know people. And then he has to come back and obviously do his Formula One duties. Mm, um, begrudgingly. Yeah. And after the Spanish Grand Prix, um, as soon as possible, he's going to fly out and be in the car. And But I think there's only a day or a couple of days before practice begins because it's a week long of stuff, isn't it? The uh, the build up to the Indy 500 is more than a week. See, I haven't this, I haven't watched it in years. I can't remember, but the best of my knowledge is is they do they have a couple of days practice, then it's straight into qualifying, um, which that that lasts for several days, um, and then then you have the race itself. It does go on for a, a long time, but um, the other, it just occurred to me the other problem Alonso's got, of course, is because the race prior to the Monaco Grand Prix that he's skipping is the Spanish Grand Prix. That's his that's his home race which he obviously can't skip because of his home fans. So even if he wants to, like, even if you could argue that maybe take a couple of races out, you know, one race to, to do some build-up, but actually it's the exact wrong race that precedes the Monaco Grand Prix. I mean, he could skip Russia, I guess, but I bet that's too late notice. Um, and so it's really almost terrible time. Well, it, it's the worst timing um, for Alonso. He's got no window of opportunity to, to, to get up to speed. Not everyone is against it, though. We asked uh, Pat of Too Much Racing for his thoughts because he is an IndyCar expert and we are not. And he said, in essence, I've watched IndyCar since 2001, properly since 2008. The 500 was nothing, really. Now it is really something again. The entire form of racing nearly died a decade ago, and now it's attracting active F1 drivers for the first time in 30 years. And it's with McLaren, of all teams. Imagine Ron allowing that. Then put it into context of Wehrlein at the Race of Champions. This shouldn't be happening. It's awesome. So a couple of points there. I do think this is very good for the Indy 500 and for IndyCar. I don't think they've got anything to lose from this unless they literally send him home in a box. I don't think any bad there's any downside to um, to, to what IndyCar are getting out of this. And I think uh, he's with the Andretti team, isn't he? So I think they, they're set to gain. The point about the race of champions is interesting, though, because we saw what happened to Verline. He took an injury um, during a non-Formula 1 racing event. Um, and he had to miss the first two races. Yeah, which is why it was quite confusing that you were really excited about this news to start with, because it seemed like you weren't keen on drivers doing extracurricular activities. Mm, mm. And it's, now you've come back round to that way of thinking. Um, he will be running with the Andretti team, um, and his teammates include Ryan Hunter-Ray, Marco Andretti, Takuma Sato, Alexander Rossi, and another one-off rookie, Jack Harvey. Yay for Sato! That's two drivers with Formula One experience who could help Alonso. That's quite a good lineup. If they, if that team share their data and if the team, teammates will help Alonso, that works in his favour, I think. Certainly Sato, I mean, it's been a while since he's been in Formula 1, but Rossi wasn't, was uh, in a catering not so long ago. So it may be that his teammates end up playing a large part in whether he sinks or swims uh, in this opening yeah. attempt. Yeah, well, there's talk of, like, everyone is saying, could he win it? which seems really bizarre to me because we're wondering whether he's you know, going to make it to the end. <laughs> um, but apparently the, the Honda car uh, has won it or won it last year. So, you know, he's going to be in a good car and he's got good teammates, but I really don't think he's going to win it. That would be something ridiculous. I wonder if it's um, a, the kind of race that you could fluke a win in. Like, is it all about skill at the, at the Indy 500 or is it as, as, as much about timing, as much about luck? As much about, I mean, the guy still has to get the car um, to the checkered flag in order to have a chance of winning, and I'm not optimistic that that would happen. But let's say he um, gets a grip on, on on these cars. Let's say they're easier to drive than maybe we're expecting, and it's not as dangerous as it, as it used to be. Um, maybe they've made major strides uh, in terms of safety 
over at IndyCar. I don't, I don't actually. I'm generally not following it anywhere near closely enough to, to, to say either way. But if Alonso can still be running at the end of the race, maybe it's the kind of thing that you could just fluke a win, and that would be what a story would that be? That would be amazing, and it would tick another thing off his list. He'd just have to do Le Mans next year, regardless of what race that that clashes with. Um, so we should probably also talk about who is coming in to replace him. It's no surprise to find that Jensen Button is having to come back, and I say having because. Uh, he he's trying to say that he's happy and excited about it, but I don't believe him. It, it's an obligation. He's contracted to be the McLaren third driver. And so when the phone call came and it said, we need you in the car, I suppose he has no justifiable reason not to. I don't get the impression just from, from following the guy on social media that he's that into the sport this year. No, well, we were discussing that last time, the difference between him and Rosberg. Rosberg has been tweeting non-stop about his following F1. Button has said nothing and he's been concentrating on his triathlon business. So he's super fit, which is a good thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like he would really rather not. I suppose in um, in his favour, the McLaren isn't going to do more than a lap right in the race. It's going gonna, it's gonna to break down on the main straight on lap two, isn't it? So I guess he just turns up, he gets a nice suntan, gets to hang out on his boat, is obliged to drive one or two laps of the car, um, and, and then that's all. That's his obligations over and done with for the weekend. The other question is, uh, Jensen had no te- has had no testing in these new cars. He's not tried the new tyres, he's not tried the new chassis. Um, I mean, I suppose it's not going to be that much different if the car is as slow as it is, but <laughs> Monaco is, is not the kind of venue that you, you just want to rock up and... And, and like take your first stab at it. Those walls are really, 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 really close. Yeah, I mean, he does know Monaco really well, obviously living there and he's won that race before. So he, he's good with Monaco. Um, and he also said he would be driving the car in the sim beforehand. But again, I don't know how well that's going to prepare you for something like Monaco, especially the chaos of first lap mm. fun. Mm. And, you know, you're assuming that it's going to be a dry race. If it's a wet race, I mean, it could be even worse. It's going to be, yeah, he's, he's not in a great position. I, I feel like... Um, if, if I was Jensen Button, I'd be unhappy about this situation, it, whichever way you look at it. I'd be really annoyed at Alonso right now, and especially annoyed at Zach. Well, Button said he was thrilled to be making his one-off return, and it's one of his all-time favourite racetracks. Um, he also said, as for Fernando, I hope he not only fares well at Indy, but enjoys it too. It'll be a great experience for him. He's an excellent driver, as we all know, and he's very experienced, so although super speedway driving techniques will be all new to him, I expect him to get to grips with it all pretty quickly. And on Sunday evening, after the Monaco Grand Prix, I'll sit down and watch him do his stuff on TV. I'm looking forward to that too. So he's got faith. I... I'm going to do the same. Are you going to watch it? I think this is something we're going to have to... This is going to be unmissable television. Yeah, I don't know if it's in my time zone, but I really, really want to, which just proves that it's it's doing the job for Indy. We all want to see what's going to happen. What do you think is going to happen? I've told you what I think is going to happen. What's what's Christine's opinion? Uh, I think that he will get to the end and he'll do very well, but it won't. he won't win it. It won't be anything you know, massive. Won't be any big news stories coming out of it. He'll just, yeah, he'll get to the end and he'll come back and have to race in his Formula One car again. Do you think watching Monaco will be the same without him? Yeah, like I said, I don't think it's going to make any difference. We've got Vandorn and now we've got Button. I'm going to get very confused what year it'll win. <laughs> Can we talk about retirements, by the way? Because at the end of last year, Massa said, right, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm off. I've had enough of this. Yeah, and he's back. He's back. Uh, Nico said, all right, I'm off. Um, he keeps turning up. Yeah. I mean, at least he's not in the car. Jensen Button said, that's it, I've had enough, I'm off. He's back. He's coming back. I think Formula One drivers have very, for whatever, for, for different reasons, um, and a lot of it's not down to their own decisions, but Formula One drivers have a major problem 
with with retiring and saying goodbye to the sport. Yeah, you just can't escape it. But it is creating a really interesting storyline, and it's it's a lot of dynamics that we haven't mm. had for the past the past few years. We've got um, you know interesting driver decisions and other races and, and people coming in and out, and it's it's all just fascinating stuff. It is. Um, I like. I, I want to be positive about this. I think it's a it's a great storyline. Let me say that. I do feel like maybe I've been slightly negative on this show. I think it's a great storyline. I think it's good for motorsport as a whole. I suspect it's slightly bad for Formula 1. You're just worried about poor Alonso, that's all I it is. You just care for him. to come back in one piece. I really do. And, you know, like with Verline and, and with uh, Kubica, who did the rally in, it just feels like when Formula 1 drivers are, are sort of... They get sucked into the safety of Formula 1. Everything in Formula 1 is... is Checked, double checked, triple checked, whatever. You have the safest circuits, the safest cars with the best medical expertise. And Formula One drivers sort of get somewhat blasé about that and think that, I guess they, they assume it's the normal. They just forget how dangerous you know driving can be. Um, and then you go off and do something crazy like rallying and, and ruin your career or or whatever. Um, and it just, it, I just worry that, you know, it's everything is not quite as safe and sound as Formula One, and Formula One isn't perfect. Formula One has often, you know, there's, there's places it can improve, but um, I think it's a step ahead of of what IndyCar have. It's certainly a step ahead of what they used to have, um, and and maybe they've made some major changes. But I, I I do worry. I do want him to come back. I would like to, you know, see him him do well in Formula One again in the future, and he can't do that if he's if he's blasted halfway up the Indy 500 wall. Well, we can't leave the show on that. That's a terrible image. Sorry. Um, I've got a quote from Eric Boulier here. He says, Fernando will be back at the wheel of the McLaren in Montreal, and I hope he'll have some great stories to bring back to us from Indianapolis. You couldn't get two more different racetracks than Monaco and Indy, one of them a twisty and bumpy street course and the other a mega high-speed banked super speedway bowl. But that's the beauty of our sport, and it underlines the fact that we're racers above everything else. That is... All right, I grant you that's a better way to end the show. But please, please don't hurt a lot of 